The following program is your wake-up call. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to the Progressive Union. I am your host, Dorian DeLeonardo, broadcasting to you from New York City. We report the news the corporate media ignores. Joining me for this hour, as always, is my husband and co-host, Tony DeLeonardo. Well, Fat Boy 45 and COVID-19 rage on, otherwise known as the clown and the creeping crud. So who would have guessed that a reality TV star with no government experience or knowledge, six bankruptcies, five kids by three different wives, charges of sexual assault, 4,000 plus lawsuits would be so miserable at being president? Who would have thought? And he only lasted two minutes with Stormy Daniels. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I hope everybody is well and safe and sound at their home in their house on this uh, Saturday night. It do what is... I do. Old wa- Watch old baseball games on YouTube. <laughs> uh, Tony and I, as you know, we, we live in Queens. So we are in the epicenter of the biggest hot spot in the country. And the apex, as our governor has told us every day, we've had, I'm sure all of you have seen Governor Cuomo, our governor, showing real leadership, that we have 14 to 21 days before this really hits rock bottom. And if you've seen any videos of what's going on here, um, different hospitals, there are people, and mostly poor people, minority people, that are online, sometimes all day, sometimes in the rain, waiting to just be tested who are sick. And sometimes once they get to the emergency room, they literally die there. And they do have um, makeshift morgues that have been built by some of the hospitals. So, you know, we are... We're in a dark place. Um, it's it's not an easy place for us to be, but the best thing for us to all do is to stay at home, only go out for necessities. You know, try to wear if you have protective gear and keep your distance from others. Wash your hands and stay away. Wash off everything that comes in your house because uh, the virus seems to live on everything. So that's where we are here. Um, the governor actually changed our primary date because we still have an election that's kind of going on. Uh, Bernie is still in it. He hasn't dropped out. Dropped, he didn't drop out. So our primary is now June 23rd. So thank God because they had it set for April and I knew that wasn't going to happen. So that's a signal to us that this is going to go on for a while. So right now they moved the goal post to uh, June 23rd. So we'll have a chance to vote for Bernie, Tony and I, and we're glad to do that. And um, let's see, what else do we have here? So we also had uh, something else happen this week. So everybody knows that people are out of work. People have been laid off. We had 3.3 million people file for unemployment. On Friday, we got that number all at once. That is a huge, huge number. So... Out come, in comes the cavalry, <laughs> the government, okay? So they're telling you, Chuck and Nancy, that don't worry, don't worry, we're here to help you. We will rescue you. Very um, extremely gentle, we are here to save you. Uh, but in reality, they're not here to save you. Um, if you felt like somebody was ripping your wallet out of your back pocket or maybe 
You felt like you got mugged over the past few days. That's not your imagination. This is going to be an economic sonic boom. Yeah, this is a, this was the, a big robbery. So if you're listeners of our program, um, last year we did a number of programs about how uh, the Fed was printing money and giving it to the banks to the overnight lending. So every night the banks have to have a certain amount of money available to loan to each other. And from September all the way till November, the banks didn't have enough money to cover. None of them could cover each other. So the Fed had to step in for about four months and they had to continue to give them money. And this went on for four months. Then the Fed did it a a week ago or two weeks ago when the stock market started railing. So they're just printing money and throwing it at the banks, right? Now, how could these banks not have money? We bailed them out in 2008. We gave them all this free money, our money. We didn't get the money back. They took the money and they went merrily on. So why don't they have money? They should have millions of dollars. So now in the guise of helping us, they've decided that, gee, we're going to give the American people a little bit of money, some crumbs, as Tony puts it, and then we're going to make sure that we have we, we can also in the back end give the big banks and the big corporations who are the most irresponsible people in the world more money because they're, they have no rainy day fund. They're like those degenerate gamblers that you see in Las Vegas. They lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. They know the mob is after them. They'll break every appendage that they have, and yet they keep gambling. Well, actually, they're a little different. And than then those. they use our money to do it. Well, they're different, though. See, the problem with the with the banks and the big companies is they know that their losses that they don't ever have to make good decisions because they know that the government is going to come in and save them. So. And who runs the government? Who f- keeps them afloat? We do. Well, also, we do, and they take from it. Our tax bucks. Um, so the problem is is that they don't learn their lesson. They're enabled. So they privatize the profits, right? They take the profits, and they socialize the losses. She's been waiting to say that all day, guys. Socialism, socialism, socialism. It's only good for the big corporations and the rich people. Because remember... About a month ago, we had a debate, right? It was Bernie and Biden. And what happened? How are you going to pay for it, Bernie? How are you going to pay for it, Bernie? How are you going to pay for it, Bernie? The same way you're paying for this. This is trillions of dollars. Wait till we get to to what the slush fund is going to be. And guess who's going to run the slush fund? Steve Mnuchin, and if you don't know who Steve Mnuchin is, okay, he's taking care of the Treasury, and he's an alumni of Goldman Sachs, and you know what his little nickname is? He's nicknamed the Foreclosure King because in 2008, he pushed so many people out of their homes, he got that nickname. He was the king of foreclosures. So I guess he's going to make sure this time he tops his best numbers because that's what's going to happen again. So let's go to the videotape and let's find out why this is so bad and how the media is not really telling you what's really happening. Because if you went with the media, you would think that Nancy and and Chuck are like the apostles. Jesus. 
right? You would think that they are giving you, they're taking such good care of you. What are they giving you? Some people, $1,200. Families, $2,400. Kids are, that are under 17, well, $500. What are we $2,400? I believe that we would get $2,400, but, yeah, but that's... But we're not, we're not going to clear it. It's well, of course they're going to tax it. So, but the problem is, is that doesn't help people. First of all, we don't have universal health care. Wait until people start getting the bills. The people that survive the illness. Yeah, they're going to wish COVID took them. 14 days on a ventilator in a hospital and you don't have health insurance. Good luck with that. And there have been people that have been kicked out of hospitals that don't have health insurance. They have not. There have been people that have died, and that is also going to happen. So um, let me just get back to this. So this is from the Huffington, the Huff Post. I always forget it's Huff Post now. Democrats are handing Donald Trump the keys to the country. The Senate coronavirus bill is shocking. This is by Zach Carter. So the emergency coronavirus legislation that the Senate agreed on Tuesday, which was 96 to 0, can only be described as an outrage. It is not an economic rescue package, but a sentence of unprecedented economic inequality and corporate control over our politics that will resonate for a generation. It represents a transfer of wealth and power to the super rich from the rest of us with the support of both political parties, a damning statement on the condition of American democracy. So they're all in this together. If you don't think that Nancy and Chuck and, and um, Turtle Face McConnell are all on the same page with this, these are their donors. This is for Wall Street. They give money to everyone, including Nancy and including Chuck. The final text, um, oh, actually, we, they have the final text. This was written before then. The new law would establish 4.5 trillion corporate bailout fund oversaw by Secretary Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin. Some outlets are reporting this is a 500 billion dollar fund, but 425 billion of that can be leveraged 10 times over which by the Federal you, Reserve. Yeah, which is a, which is a um, which is a fancy term for let it ride. Yeah, they can re they can they can re up this ten different times by the Federal Reserve, resulting in a multi trillion dollar program. I'm sorry, the bill permits bailed out companies to lay off ten percent of their workforce over the next six months, with no restrictions thereafter. Mnuchin would have authority to waive any upside for the public in its new investments. The bill's restrictions on stock buybacks. But bailed out firms are too temporary to be significant. Bailout money will flow to shareholders of large corporations, otherwise known as rich people. The oversight terms that Democrats secured are purely cosmetic, replicating the toothless provisions of 2008 bank bailout that enabled watchdogs to report abuse, but not to actually pre prevent it or rectify it. So these little rules that they're going to talk about on the TV, she'll say, you know, now we have rules and it's going to be supervised. They're not, they're going to just ignore those rules like they did before. And Mnuchin is going to shepherd them along and let them do whatever they want. So in exchange, all right, so what did we get? Uh, Democrats got four months of more generous unemployment benefits for millions who will be laid off. Four months. A one-time check of $1,200 per adult, eliminating a Republican restriction that would have eliminated, limited poor people to $600. Because, you know, 
why would we want to give poor people money? Phasing out payments uh, for six-figure incomes, um, people that make over a certain amount of money are not going to get it. These are not bad provisions, but they pale in comparison to the handout to the rich. The rich people don't need it. And shame on the banks for not having money, right? None of this was nationalized either. Like, we don't have an interest in any of this. It's all theirs, baby. They get to keep it. You know they're going to let it ride. You know they're not going to do anything responsible because we always come to their rescue. $1,200 isn't enough, the Economic Security Project, a liberal think tank, tweeted, tweeted on Wednesday by agreeing to the deal the Senate Democrats, in effect, accept a horrendous future in exchange for somewhat less burdensome present. So this is just insane and reckless, and we're doing it again. We did it in 2008, and now we're doing it again. We're going to give them more money so they can do whatever they want with it. These, and not, these crooks would look for a bailout after a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> That'll be next. Well, um, so the small business really doesn't get much, but the big business gets everything. So what's going to happen the businesses are not going to come back. They're going to swallow up everything. You know, the whole hospitality industry, I mean, they're going to just wipe it out. So there aren't going to be any small businesses anymore. They're just not going to exist. They did ex They did finally include the gig economy. Got included because Bernie Sanders actually went to the Senate floor and said that he wanted them to include them in it. The other problem is, is there's people that don't actually file taxes, people that don't make enough money or people that are retired or people that are disabled. So those people aren't going to get anything because they don't actually file. And they're some of the poorest people we have. Then of course we have all the people that work in the restaurant industry that work off the books. We have lots of people that are not on the books, so they're not going to get anything and they're not going to have jobs either. So you're going to see an increase of homeless people. Um, and anyone that doesn't file, um, through direct deposit, well, they're going to be out of luck for a while because if you're not doing direct deposit, then they're not going to be able to get your money to you fast as fast. So you're going to have a huge delay if you don't do direct deposit or if you haven't filed either this year or last year. Let's say you haven't filed in two years or you didn't file yet. Um, you're going to be waiting for quite some time. So it really falls short. Most of the money goes to Wall Street, not to hospitals, not to small business, not to people. It, had, it really doesn't address, address health care at all. I think that's going to be our biggest problem is there's a tremendous amount of people that don't have enough health insurance, right? Their coverage is very poor, underinsured. People that don't have health insurance at all. And guess what else, Tone? What did you say to me? Remember, we were debating Medicare for all, and people are like, oh, but I have health insurance, so why do I need Medicare through my job? Yeah, when you lose your job, your insurance is gone. Right. So now, what happened? All these people lost their jobs. And what happens when you lose your job? You know, if you've lost your job, they tell you, well, you know, at the end of the month, you don't have health insurance anymore. Or maybe some of them are a little nicer, and they give it to you for one month later. It's very rare, but maybe that happens. And once that happens, you have to either pay COBRA, meaning you keep your plan, but you have to pay the premium, which is always very large, or you have to go find health insurance or not have it at all. So we're going to have millions of people now that no longer have that health insurance that they said we were going to get kicked off of if Bernie as got they, Medicare. As they try to 
crush Obamacare in the Supreme Court. Well, that's true. So um, Trump does have uh, brought a case. That is the other shoe waiting to drop. Right. So that's going on, too. So a lot of people will be able to, to apply for Obamacare, but... A lot of the a lot of what made Obamacare great has been stripped away administratively over these past three some odd years. So this is a really good argument for Medicare for all. That's what people are saying. Why is Bernie still in the race? Bernie's playing the long game. That's my opinion because now the argument for Medicare for all completely changes. It changes because now people lost their employer-based health insurance, which is not secure. Even for unions, if you lose your union job for whatever reason, right, or maybe you get sick and you can't work anymore, now you have no health insurance or you have to pay for it. If you have Medicare, no matter what happens, you have your health insurance. It's consistently always there. That's the difference between us and the other countries with the testing. We have this arcane, insane system where everybody's got different stuff. That's because, you know what? Because South Korea doesn't run around the world looking to take over or occupy other countries. They have money. But we have money, too. And they're not blowing their money on these stupid occupations against the tear. But we do have money. So they have plenty of money for testing. But we do have money because apparently we have money to give the banks, right? We have always money to give the banks. We're printing money for them all the time. So it's all about choices. They chose to bail out the banks again and not help us. So those little crumbs that you're getting, those are crumbs. It's let me, sad. Let me interject one bank story that I have. Sad crumbs. This was from CNN. Bank of America will defer mortgage payments, but the clock is running. And what I mean is now also temporary, they paused foreclosures, evictions, and repos. Okay. Now, Wells Fargo follows suit with fee waivers, payment deferrals, credit card, auto, and mortgage. They're waiving this, plus small business and personal loans. What about the interest? I'm sure there's going to be interest. No, I'm just saying these people, yeah, they won't have to. It's like when you buy furniture at Raymore and Flanagan. Oh, you pay it, no interest for the first year. I fell into that trap once. I wound up with a $795 bill. They trick the, you. The, the, the cab meter keeps running. Yep, they trick you. It's the, 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 the house always wins, and they're the house. We never win. Um, so there was another bill, actually. Let me just see if I'm um, in the right page. Um, no, I'm not. There was another bill. Let me just see if I can find it. Oh, stimulus nightmare. I have so many. We don't, I can't, I don't have a printer at home. The, what I know. is it, the Ben Sass? So amendments? I'm looking for, yeah, I'm looking for Ben Sass and I can't find it. All right, so I'm just going to summarize it. So there was another bill. There was an amendment that they wanted to stick on this, the bill that they actually finally voted on. It was Ben Sass and it was Lindsey Graham, and uh, it was somebody else, uh, the other senator from South Carolina. Who, Scott? Scott. Okay. So they were all on this, and there might have been somebody else I can't remember. So this amendment, the SAS amendment, and as soon as we saw a SAS amendment, Tony and I watched a C-SPAN, I said, oh, no, it can't be good. There are certain names you know it's going to be bad. So it's like, what is their problem? Like, what's their thing? So their problem was... 
was that the unemployment insurance might have given people in their state more money than they actually earn when they're working. Now, let me tell you something about South Carolina. South Carolina doesn't even have a minimum wage law. That means they could pay their people whatever the hell they feel like it. So they don't have a minimum wage law. So that's slave labor there. They only have 3% of their workers are unionized so the people that was north carolina no this is south carolina three <clears> percent <throat> of their workers are you are are unionized and north carolina is not far behind them so their people do not make money so they don't care so of course their wages are going to be much lower because unemployment insurance is not the same from state to state like what we normally would get here the high number, I think, is like $425 after taxes, which is not much money every week. But there are other states that pay far less than that. Yeah, well, remember, we used to get a year unemployment. Well, that changed when there was a... Um, yeah, Obama. A debt, no, there was a debt ceiling, debt ceiling dispute with Obama and the Republicans. And, and the only way that they could stop the debt ceiling from not being raised was by capitulating to them and giving them yeah, doing Obama, the six months Obama run was behind that. Well, he he capitulated. He said, "All right, fine. We'll only I say give. that he was behind that too." Well, he shouldn't have agreed to that. He shouldn't have. He should have got in the bully pulpit and he should have told the American people that's what he, they want to hold hostage raising the debt ceiling and and paying our debt, right? for taking unemployment away from you because six months of employment is not enough. It used to be a year. So these Republicans were like, oh, we can't give them more money from just sitting on their butts. Meanwhile, they have no problem with giving trillions of dollars to the banks. That they have no problem with. The irresponsible banks, they don't have a problem with that at all. So that was their, their issue was they didn't want to give money to their people. So Bernie got to the Senate floor and said, look, if you don't agree to boosting up unemployment for everyone, then I'm just going to hold this whole deal hostage. So, and he also wanted some other things. He wanted to take care of the people in the gig economy. Um, and I think there was something else and I'm forgetting now. So the bill ended up passing and the amendment, SAS amendment did not pass. I think it was 4848, <laughs> which is pretty sad. Think about it. Uh, and and the, it had to get 60 votes. But these are your Republicans, okay? These are the people in South Carolina, North Carolina. You're voting for these people. They're, they're, they give you starvation wages. And then when you're on the balls of your tuchus because of this coronavirus, Tuchus. which has nothing to do with you, it's not your fault. They say, you know what? We're not giving you this. We're not giving you that. We don't want to give you, you know, paid sick leave. We don't want to give you money because you're out of work. But you know what? We're going to take care of the rich people because they're the ones that sign our checks. This is the Stockholm Syndrome States of America. <laughs> they just don't have facts, they people. Really they just don't know. Don't No, they're not curious either. They can't get out of their own way, half of them. Well, this whole situation with this bill falls under the category of the shock doctrine. And if you're not familiar with the shock doctrine, you can Google it. It is a book and a movie by Naomi Klein, and it is The Rise of Disaster Capitalism, The Exploitation of a National Crisis or a Major Event to Implement Controversial Prop Policies. So this is what they did. You're freaking out. You know I'm going to have a job. You think this virus is going to kill you. You're stuck at home. You can't protest anything. 
And you're not paying attention to the fine print because how can you? And you're stuck home with your spouse. There you go. And your an children. For an indefinite sentence. And your children. Um, and you're worried about getting toilet paper and your medicine and if monies are going to run, run out. So all of a sudden you hear Chuck and Nancy on TV, right, saying they're going to send you money, a bribe. So what do you think that's what the what shock you, that's what the shock doctrine is about it's distracting you so they can do things that normally you would never agree with. What do you think their combined age is? Nancy and Chuck. Nancy is going to be 80 this week. And I think. how old is Chuck? I don't know how old Chuck is. Chuck's old though. Chuck's in the 70s. So we're talking about 150. <laughs> they're they're freaking old. They're old. They're very 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 old people. They've been around a long time. And uh, they, their constituents are the donors. They're donors. They're not at us. They're, those are Chuck Schumer does not represent us here in New York. He represents Wall Street, and that's who got the big uh, gift. But he always goes on TV up at the up at the podium with the glasses at the end of his nose. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're being chastised so by the principal. So we can protest. We're distracted, right? That's what this is all about. They used a biological crisis to take advantage of us and rob us again they've been consistently robbing us they got their tax cuts that came from our entitlements that we pay into in 2017 and yet they still don't have any money to function now you know what i find fascinating a good example is the post office now back in 2004 if i'm not wrong the Bush administration and the Congress that was controlled by the Republicans decided to put in this law that said that the post office, which they would like to privatize, and you know, so it would be very expensive for you to mail anything. And then, of course, all those good union jobs, which are about 100,000, would disappear. So they made a law that said that the post office had to have enough cash on hand to fund 75 years in advance pensions. So 75 years of pension money has to be in the bank. Those are people that are not born yet. They don't even exist. So they have to hold this huge amount of cash on hand. That is a law. That is a terrible law. Now you hold them to that, but all of these corporations, businesses, banks, all they do is piss money away and look to us and socialize their losses and privatize their profits over and over again. Yet they have the nerve, both Democrats and Republicans, including Joe Biden, who is probably going to be the nominee, God help us, to say that you don't have money for us for health care. Please give me a break. And if somebody doesn't want to listen anymore, I just don't care because this is factual. If we're going to be sitting in our house, stuck with our spouse, <laughs> then we really should be paying more attention to what's happening because we can still fix it. We still haven't had an election. We still have a guy that keeps talking about Medicare for all. And I guarantee by the time June comes, the, I, the perception of the American people about do we need Medicare for all is going to change quite dramatically. Because when people cannot pay a premium for health care and you have a virus knocking at your door, I think that that is going to change the trajectory of the perception of what people think about Medicare for all. 
That's just my opinion. You know, that's been swimming into my head. I don't know what you and think. And I've been hearing about it for a week. So, no, you know, but, when it gets too much, you know what I do, guys? What do you do? I put on TCM and I watch a James Cagney or an Edward G. Robinson. Oh, movie. my God. Here he goes. Yeah, see? Yeah. He's so yeah, funny. Yeah. Ooh, you dirty rat. Okay. So, at that. Ooh, dirty rat. And with then my that, wife comes in and tells me to turn the sound down. Because the music is, is just miserable on those old movies. Oh. I just. I just can't. I mean, I'm living in the world of Logan's Run. I need some quiet once yes. in a while. Carousel. That's it's, what they want to do to us. Very. Guys. It's it's so scary because think about it. Like we have lines of people. Like it's really sad. These are poor people. These are you know people that don't have much, and they're waiting online in the rain, in the rain all day, and then they're told to go home. Sorry, there's no test for you. I mean, there's no test for any of us, but but the rich people all get tested. Yeah, Tom Hanks Everybody gets, gets tested. It, and Boris Johnson and Prince Charles. Charles. Oh, boy. We know, and Annette, uh, who's the other one that got... Uh, Everybody got tested that's rich and famous. I don't I, know. Idris Elba gets a test. <clears throat> How did they, all of a sudden, these tests miraculously materialize for celebrities and rich a-holes? They have money for tests. They have money for the bankers. Um, you know, it's really, it's very, very sad. And uh, it's not getting any better. I mean, I even know somebody that was on Long Island with their son and he was in the hospital and she picked him up and said, you know, he has a fever. And they're like, well, we don't have any tests here. It's a freaking hospital on Long Island. We have no tests. So she had to take him home sick. <coughs> she doesn't know if he has it. So now she's exposed. So now they have to go to a first med. The first men had it. And then they have to wait like 72 hours, hopefully, to get results. Like, this is America. People don't have personal protective gear, equipment. The nurses and the doctors, we don't have enough ventilators because um, the idiot in chief is holding out because he's spiteful. Because he's mad at New York because we didn't vote for him. Meanwhile, he's spiteful. Meanwhile, there's plenty of Trump supporters here. There's a lot. Long Island has plenty. New York. Brooklyn. State, New York. <laughs> Brooklyn, Staten Island. Okay. The Hasidic community. But he knows he's Brooklyn. not going to win in the election. He's not going to win in the Electoral College, you know, in the election. He's, he will never win. But he does have a lot of supporters here. When he comes, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of donors here. But he's, I don't know if you guys watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. We love it. We love that show. Larry David. Yeah. So true. funny. So um, if you watched it, you know, Larry creates this um, coffee shop because he's mad at the guy who owns Mocha Joe's. So he opens up Latte Larry. Latte Larry. So, and, he, and, he, and he says, well, it's a spite store because he wants to spite this guy Mocha Joe because he insulted him, whatever. If you watch Kirby, you're, you're enthusiastic. Yeah, cold coffee and rickety tables. Yeah, so, you know, he had to do a spite store. So I feel like this is Trump doing the ultimate spite. He's like, you know what? You didn't vote for me. You know, I didn't, I, I'm not going to win you in the Electoral College. You know, you liberal people there, whatever. Yeah, I'm going to show you. I'm not going to give you the ventilators you need. Yeah, but the thing <laughs> of it is, Michigan did vote for him last time. And he's given that Whitmer... A hard time. Because she's a Democrat. Yeah. And he doesn't like her. And she did the Democratic response when he did his State of the Union. And I'm sure he has a bug up as you know what because of the things she said. And she was very good too, I thought. Let me tell you something. Every day it's something. And I said it's, it's all really, about him. It's always about him. 
Whatever he says goes. He's in photo op today with a big white hospital ship. Yeah, the one that's supposed to be here already. Coming out of Norfolk, Virginia. Now, Norfolk, Virginia is a two-day trip if you're lucky. It should have been here like a week ago. Now, you're not going to tell me that thing was in dry dock without supplies on it. No, they would have. They're they should have brought fully it. fully stocked He things. slowed it down. He slowed sure it down. Sure he did. Yeah. No, he wants to starve us now. Because he had to waddle over there and get a picture with Right. It. Well, he wants to starve us now, so this is a deal. So now he says, and he hasn't told the governor this because the governor's like, we didn't discuss this on the phone. Um, now he's thinking about quarantining us. Meaning that no one can come in New York, no one come out of New York, no trucks, no nothing. So that would be starving us because we need to get food in here. That things. was after two days ago, we were going to be open for business again by Easter. Right, that's right. Everybody was going to be out. Everything was going to be fine. His, his, his brain is like a pinball machine. Let me tell you something. Jack Nicholson and the Joker had more uh, thought processes than this guy. And they're also deregulating like crazy. They're deregulating your food. Uh, now eggs, they can give them us older eggs. They have nobody inspecting your food. That happened weeks ago. Um, all of this is part of the shock doctrine. So you better lay off the soft scrambled people. You know, this, all, all of this is you're freaking out, you're worried, you're scared of the virus, which you should be. They're distracting you. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills. You're very nervous, and you can't look at the details, the fine print. So we're doing that for you, but you can certainly go and research it yourself because you have time on your hands now um, because at some point we're going to have to do something because this is a perfect time to push forward the things that we need that we don't have because they have money. Again, they have money for the banks. They just don't prioritize us over the banks. They prioritize uh, the slush fund for the corporate America, who don't deserve it because they're irresponsible bunch of thieves. Um, so I think I'm going to hand it over. About time. To my wonderful husband, um, Tony DeLeonardo. Take it away. Shout out to New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees, donated $5 million. Awesome. To. Uh, the city of New Orleans, my granddaddy's hometown. That's awesome. That's really now great. That the numbers of coronavirus are spiking there. A lot of poor people there, too. Not good. Now, also, another great donation is from Corey Price. Do you know who Corey Price is? No. He is the VP of Pornhub. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know, but I knew. Of course, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> of course you know Pornhub that. Pornhub is donating masks, 50,000 masks. That's great. That's great. To New York City first responders plus premium content free. That means I get to sneak on there when the wifey's not around. Tony. And I get to watch uh, some golden age, you know, Nina Hartley or Vanessa Del Rio. Whatever. Or on there. You're out of control. I like these girls today. They're too weird. <laughs> You're out of control. And it, he also said that we hope expanding our offer of free Pornhub worldwide, people have an extra incentive to stay home and flatten the curve. Well, tell me tell you something. A little too much Pornhub and the girlfriend or the wife are going to have a curve nine months later. That's right. So make sure you got the birth to, control at home. That they're going to have to deal with. Put on your Amazon order, some birth control. All right, so local 2507, the uniform emergency medical techs got 15,000 masks. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay, local 94, the United Firefighters Association got another 15,000. 
And then the Mount Sinai South, Ho South, oh, excuse me, Mount Sinai South Nassau Hospital got twenty thousand masks. And now guess who's investigating Pornhub? Who? Republican Ben Sass. Oh my God! You know what probably happened? He probably couldn't. He couldn't get uh, download his porn enough quick enough, and he had a little hissy fit. He's investigating them. Oh man, what a loser! What else he got there, Tone? Oh boy! Out of the New York Times, Donald Trump writes to Kim Jong Un, offering his help during the pandemic. What are you writing, crayon? That was my joke. You I know. My, I, did. Joke. I did. I <laughs> did. She stole my joke, people. I know. I couldn't help it, though. It's a good one. Now, this comes according to Kim Young Jong-un's sister. I thought he knocked off his whole family. No, I think the sister was the only one he didn't kill. I don't know why. So she lives in fear forever. She's the only one. Everybody else got offed. Kids, babies, grandma, everybody. Just the sister. There's nobody you else left. You give me perpetual rubbing tug. I let you live. <laughs> That's gross. Mm. Now, the sister said he wished the family of the chairman and our people well-being. Now, the White House did confirm this, so it's not fake. As he would say, fake news, fake But do you news. realize, like, this is a guy whose entire country is a concentration camp? That's what it is. Now, while the virus raged, okay... Kim Jong-un launched a pair of short-range missiles. Now, they say North Korea is vulnerable to this virus because the public health state is in shambles. And sanctions are making it impossible to bring supplies in to help these people. Well, they're a closed society, so there's no way for us to find out what's going on there. There's none. It's completely closed. It's the only closed society in and the they, world. And they consider, you know, everybody, the allies are saying, oh, North Korea, they probably have an outbreak and they're hiding. No, they don't have. I they, wouldn't doubt it. How could they have an outbreak? No one goes in and out. It's a closed society. Yeah, but the USS Theodore Roosevelt, now there's 36 cases on an aircraft carrier. How did it get in there? Yeah, but they weren't in North Korea. I understand that, but they're out in the high seas. Maybe somebody went. Unless they the, docked in Hong Kong and they went to the. Uh, the, the one uh, person, one person, just one person needs to get it and bring it on there. One person. That's it. Yeah, they probably went out on Liberty. Maybe somebody picked it up and it started. Because those ships are very close quarters. No, I understand that. But they they got off the ship. They touched something that somebody yeah. else touched. You share bathrooms. You share, you know, yeah. bunks are, are, are stacked up like cordwood. It's highly contagious. If you look at the doctors, the way they're supposed to be dressed, they're covered head to toe. They have um, shields, eye guards, uh, masks covered from head to toe. So it's very easy to be for to to catch it. All right, to get away from the other stuff. Now, uh, it looks like the baseball season is kind of on a tightrope right now. Well, it would have started, right? No, yeah. April, yeah. right? But the way things are going, I seriously doubt No, it. how can they play except at empty stadiums? They, stadium. can't, they travel, can't They can't play. They can't travel. They can't open up stadiums. So this season is might just be a wash. Yeah, well, it's a, also a risk for the players. Yeah, they have to travel around. Yeah, and they have to be together. Yeah. So they can get each other sick. Okay. So there can't be a season. So the last time a season was ended was 1994. How come? The strike. Oh, that's right. Ah, that was the year that I was so desperate for baseball 
in October, I actually tuned in to Channel 47 on UHF, on my old black and white portable TV, and watched the Japanese World Series with the sound off. Oh, get out of here. How was that? And she's switching my microphones again. <laughs> there you go. Now, for those of you, the Yankees in that year, in 1994, in the Montreal Expos, that was the... Uh, that was going to be the assumed matchup in the World Series. Now, at the time of the uh, the strike, the Yankees were managed by Buck Showalter. They were 70 wins and 43 losses. So they were 33 games over 500. They were running away with the East. You had Mattingly at first, Pat Kelly at second, Mike Gallego at short. This is how long ago this was because there was no Derek Jeter then. You had Wade Boggs at third, Paul O'Neill in right field, Bernie Williams in center, Luis Polonia in left, Mike Stanley caught, and Donnie Tartable was the DH. Now the Expos at the same time of the work stoppage were 74 wins and 40 losses. They were being managed by Felipe Alou. Now, Cliff Floyd was the first baseman. Mike Lansing was the second baseman. I remember him. He was quite a good ball player. Will Cordero was the shortstop. Sean Berry was the third baseman. Then you had right fielder Larry Walker. Marquise Grissom was the center fielder. And Moises Alou was the left fielder who went down in uh, the history books as the guy that went to catch the foul ball. In 1997, and the guy reached out and grabbed the foul ball from him, and the Cubs wound up losing the pennant. <laughs> Tony, you're so good with all this. I don't remember any of this stuff. Darren Fletcher was the um, was the catcher. Now, the, the Yankees pitching was Jimmy Key, Jim Abbott, Melito Perez, Terry Mulholland, and Scott Kamenicki, while the Expos had Ken Hill, Pedro Martinez, Jeff Facero, Butch Henry, and Kirk Reuter. Now, according to the website 538, guess who the winner of this World Series would have been? Oh, I don't know, but they actually predicted it? Yes. Cool. And they predicted how it would end. Okay, so what's the prediction? Sorry, Yankee fans. The Expos would have beaten the Yankees in seven games. But he's not always right, Nate Silver, because he predicted Hillary was going is, is he worked for 538? Yeah, he oh, is okay. 538. Now, according to him, it would have been an 11th inning... Extra inning, game-winning home run by Larry Walker off Bob Wickman in but, in Montreal. Well, that's possible because he's been right about a lot of other predictions. In Montreal. Okay. That's pretty cool. So. Interesting. So, who knows? They might sit home. You know, people got things to do. You know, predictions in Pornhub. <laughs> You're funny. Uh-oh, we got so a kitty here. So, who knows? One of our kitties. We better keep him well fed because you never know. Tony. That's Ricochet. He's our buddy. He's been with us since the first show, seven and a half something years ago. Yeah, and he's I can't a, get rid of him. He's a good bubba. Do you I, have another story? I open the door. He won't leave. He won't leave. <laughs> Tony's full of it. He loves the cats. Um, okay, so. That is it for my stories. Now I got to go look on, uh, you know. Now that I'm getting a month's free content. You're so funny. Viruses, viruses. That's right. So listen, so if you're bored and you're at home, you're like, what can I do? You know, what can I keep my mind busy and get active? First of all, if you can't go to the gym and exercise, you can always go to YouTube 
and you can find all kinds of exercise videos to exercise to. I actually found my old video I used to watch like a hundred years ago, um, Jane Fonda's um, workout. So I'm going to do that um, and take walks, go outside and take a walk. Join a wine club. We rejoined our wine club. Our wine club is New York Times Wine Club, but there are so many. If you like wine, it's kind of fun. They deliver it, and you get to try different wines. Um, there is a hilarious, very funny Italian um, video that a friend of mine shared. She is actually a nurse that's going to be working on that ship that Tony was talking about that's going to be coming in from the Navy. Um, and it's called Rodia Comedy, R-O-D-I-A, and they're Italian, and they're like they're like puppets. But it's it's so funny. I don't know how they make the vi coronavirus funny, but they do it in a way that is not um, bad in bad taste. It's really funny. Didn't you think it was funny? Mm -hmm. Very funny. Um, what else do I have? Oh, also, you guys know that we love animals. So I would suggest, why don't you adopt a pet? First of all, shelters are going to have a rough time because they're not going to have uh, staff and enough people to take care of the animals. Adopt a dog, adopt a cat, save I, a life. I got three cats I'd be glad to show you. No, Tony, <laughs> stop. It, it'll, it, listen, it's Look good. It. It's he, very good company if you're home it. by yourself. Look, Look at him. It. He's waiting to eat. He's staring at me. He like, is. He's like, well, where is my food? This cat looks like, I don't know how many of you remember, Morris the Cat from TV. But he's not orange, though. No, Morris wasn't orange. He wasn't orange? No, he's a tabby. Okay. My he's cat, very handsome, My though. cat is giving me the Morris the Cat look right now. He's very handsome, though. He's like, so the, handsome. Like, cut the crap and open the can of vittles. Now, there's also something cool on Instagram. DJ D-Nice's virtual dance party. So if you go to Instagram to look for him, and you can do some virtual dance party with uh, the DJ, which I think is pretty fun. Um, and then um, I was wondering why people are freaking out over toilet paper. Like, why is that important? Like, a lot of supplies are important to have in the house, but, like, I mean, I don't know. I, we have enough toilet paper. I'm just not worried about it. And people are just freaking out. So a psychiatrist said the reason why people focus on toilet paper is because it's something they can control. So they picked that as the, the item in their house that they were going to have control of, out of all the things that they don't have control of. Like they don't have control over the virus, right? They don't have control over the rules that are being, you know, implemented on us. You so know. they decided to control <laughs> their butt, you know, you know. the wiping their butt. They go and they people are going crazy about toilet paper. You know who I just flashed on? Who? Remember Mr. Whipple? I have to feed this person. Go ahead. You don't remember Mr. Whipple? Yes, I remember Mr. Whipple. The bald guy with the glasses yes, with the please don't squeeze please don't squeeze the Charmin. Yes. I do remember. He, he wouldn't last two seconds I don't today. Know, they would probably stampede him if he was around now. Here you go, Ricochet. There you All go. right. That's his that's his appetizer. That's his dinner. What is that? The tenth time today he was fed. No, he eats. He's a snacker. He likes a little bit. Oh, before we go. Please, guys, help me with this. <laughs> Before we go, before we go, I wanted to just do a shout out to one of our regular listeners. He is a very dear friend of ours, Chef Franco, who is in the hospital, not with Corona, but he's in the hospital and he's recovering. So we, we I don't know if he'll be listening this week, but um, we're, we're just thinking of you and we really hope that you make a recovery very soon and you come home to your family. 
they're very concerned about you and we're should, all thinking should, of you. Uh, I should text them in the hospital about the free Pornhub. Oh, stop, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> That'll keep the blood flowing. There you go. So that's our show for today. And everybody stay safe and healthy. Pornhub. Make me feel it, Pornhub. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>